And so that night, I prayed. It was my first time in a long time that I prayed and I cried out to God. I said, Lord, let me sleep. Let me fall asleep without having to smoke, without having to have sex, without having to pop pills. Let me sleep. And he, he answered my prayer. When I went to church, I remember just walking in and go, going to my seat and they were worshiping. And I just started crying as I'm there. And now I know that it was the presence of God, but at that time I did not know. And so I'm crying and I'm wiping my tears. I'm trying to act tough. I'm wiping my tears away, trying to just stay strong. And I remember I looked at my aunt and she, we made eye contact and I just broke down crying. I just was broken in the presence of God. So I was born and raised in the Bronx, New York. And as a baby, I had both of my parents in my life. But at the age of three, my dad was incarcerated and sentenced to 15 years in prison. And so it forced my mom as a single parent to raise four children on her own in the Bronx. And we went from shelter to shelter. There was no stability. It was, it was hard. And I don't remember too much of that, but I know that she cried out to God and God was there for her. And so from a young child, I remember growing up in the church, learning about Jesus and learning about the Bible, having a relationship with the church, but never having a relationship with God. And as a young child, as young as I could remember, I remember being in the church, but messing around with the young girls in the church and just living a life of lust and secret sin. And the root of that is because from a, at a young age, I was exposed to masturbation and pornography. And so as I got older, I was in the church, but always living in secret sin. And once I hit an age where I can tell my mom, where I told my mom, I don't want to go to church this Sunday and she let me stay home. From there, I completely stopped going to church. I turned my back on God because I thought that the world had more to offer me than what God had to offer me. And so I began looking up to all the wrong men because my dad wasn't in my life. So I started just chasing vanity, chasing the things of this world, chasing money, um, chasing fame, caring about my clothes, idolizing what I put on my, my body, trying to seek purpose in different sports, uh, living a life of fornication, sleeping around with different women. And I remember graduating high school and I was pursuing a boxing career. And as I was on that journey pursuing a boxing career, I got involved with gambling. And when I got involved with gambling, man, it affected me so much. It just made me depressed. It made me angry. You know, I would be high when I would win and I would be so low when I would lose. And it was just, I, I, be, I became addicted to gambling. And so what I would do is I would smoke. So when I would lose, I would smoke. And that, that, would, that would be my high, you know, for the moment. And then when I would win, I would smoke because then that would be my high when I win. And so I just was getting caught up in this lifestyle and it started affecting my career. So I was gambling every single day, smoking weed every single day. And so I remember that that New Year's came and I told myself, I said, I am going to stop gambling. And I did. But I started smoking more. I started getting more involved in the streets, started selling drugs in the streets, sleeping with different women in the strip clubs, in the clubs, parties, lounges, fighting, just living a lifestyle just full of full of sin. And so I remember that year passed. And the next year I said, you know what, this year I'm going to stop smoking because I was smoking literally every single night. And I told myself this year I'm going to stop smoking. And I remember I did for the first couple weeks, but then I was fornicating and having sex with more women than I've ever had. And so it was like my whole life, I just kept filling one sin for another sin and another sin. I was never satisfied. Sin wasn't filling me and my sin was just getting worse. 
And the same lifestyle that you see all these rappers living, that's the lifestyle I was living. Just vanity, money, and clothes, and women, and sex, and drugs. And I remember in 2019, in February of 2019, I got a car. And this was the best car that I've got. I had multiple cars in the past, but this was the best one. And so I felt like the man. I was driving everywhere. And a couple weeks later, I was driving with one of my friends. And at that point, the weed stopped getting us high, and so we started popping pills. And so we were high off of Zans, and I was driving to the casino. And we drove to the casino. I had a couple thousand on me. And when we left the casino, we were driving home. I got into an accident. Mm. And the car was totaled. I remember I got out the car and just fell on the highway. And I woke up in the hospital with the IVs in my arm. And I just remember pulling them off and trying to leave the hospital and them bringing me back into the room. And so from that day, nothing changed. I was still living the same lifestyle, still still selling and smoking and um, drinking, partying and all those. But I started thinking different. I started having thoughts like, is God real? If God is real, would I be in hell right now? And so I started just getting hit with reality. And so I would be with my friends and we'll be smoking. And I'll be asking them, do you guys believe in God? Do you guys believe in God? And some will say yes and some will say no. And, you know, I was like subconsciously, subconsciously seeking after God. Mm-hmm. And there was a point in time where God just was removing the veil from my eyes. And he was just showing me how everything in my life happened for a reason. But I was still living in my sin. And so I used to smoke in a building. And in that building, my grandma lives there. And I was smoking the staircase. And so one day, I just said, you know what? I'm going to ask my grandma if I could smoke in her apartment. And my grandma lived in 20 plus years of addiction Hmm. to many different drugs. And so I knew that she would be willing for me to go and smoke there. And so she said yes. And so I would go there and I would bag up my work and me and my grandma would be speaking. And we'll be speaking about God. But out of all the times that I went to my grandma's house, I only remember three words. And that was relationship with God. And those three words changed my life. I knew that I needed a relationship with God. I just didn't know how to do it. I didn't know what to do to obtain that relationship with God. I remember coming home one day and I'm trying to book a flight. And I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to leave. I got to get away from the people I'm around. I got to get away from the things that I'm doing, the weed that I'm surrounded with, the parties. I just need to get away. So I remember looking up Bora Bora and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to take a trip to Bora Bora. And like that day or the next day, my aunt texted me and she said, hey, we just got the house in North Carolina. You should come down here um, and, and, you know, spend time with the family and just get away. And I knew that's what I needed. I knew I needed to get away. And so I said, you know what? It would be a blessing if I go down there because I'd be able to take a vacation, get away and go spend time with the family. And so I did it. And I booked a a bus ticket to go down there. And so that weekend before I was going, I remember I just was popping pills. It was like my birthday weekend. We were smoking, smoking. I smoked more than ever that weekend, knowing like it was like I knew I was about to change. And so I just was smoking and smoking. And so the bus ticket was for Tuesday at nine at night. And I had got so high Sunday that the next day, Monday, I just went to the bus station and I got there and I'm about to get on the bus and I showed them my ticket and the guy's like, your ticket is not for today, it's for tomorrow at nine at night. You, you're here at Monday nine in the morning. And I remember I said, can I still get on? And he said, I mean, you can, you can pay to get on, but you'll be waiting in Washington DC for like nine hours. And I remember I, I told him, I said, I had to, I had to make a decision right there. And I said, I need to get out. 
and I got on a bus and I went and I got to Washington DC. And once I got to Washington DC, there was a bus that was heading to North Carolina and I ran, I ran and I got to it and the guy said, yeah, you can get on. And I remember I got to North Carolina and my aunt was like, wow, nobody has ever gotten to North Carolina this fast. But I remember how I felt when I got there. I was so anxious and afraid. This was my first time in like two or three years that I'm about to go to sleep without smoking. And for me, I'm afraid. I'm like, I don't want to have to go looking for weed. I don't know what this looks like. This is a unknown. I've never been in this position before. I used to smoke whenever I wanted because I was selling, selling drugs. And so I was worried. I was just anxious. And my aunt to this day tells me, I remember that first day when you came. And so that night I prayed. It was my first time in a long time that I prayed and I cried out to God. I said, Lord, let me sleep. Let me fall asleep without having to smoke, without having to have sex, without having to pop pills. Let me sleep. And he, he answered my prayer. And I didn't just fall asleep. Like I slept like a baby. And I woke up the next day and I'm like, wow, this is real. And so I remember being so afraid that day. I worked out like three times just trying to make myself fall asleep. But the nighttime came and I was going through all the same emotions. And I prayed and I said, Lord, please let me sleep. And he let me sleep again like a baby. And so the next day was my first time in church in a long time. When I went to church, I remember just walking in and going to my seat and they were worshiping. And I just started crying as I'm there. And now I know that it was the presence of God, but at that time I did not know. And so I'm crying and I'm wiping my tears. I'm trying to act tough. I'm wiping my tears away, trying to just stay strong. And I remember I looked at my aunt and she, we made eye contact and I just broke down crying. I just was broken in the presence of God. And so as we sat down, the preacher was preaching and all the questions that I was having about hell, about God, about a relationship with God. There was a man there that was sharing his testimony about how the Lord delivered him from his life of sin. And that was just a message of hope for me. It brought me peace. It was the truth. That was the good news that God was offering me a relationship with him, a new life. And so that Sunday, they were doing baptism. And growing up in the church, I never got baptized because I knew that was a very deep commitment. So I stood away from it. But that day I made the decision. I said, God, I'm going to give you my life. And so the preacher said, if there's anybody here that didn't come to get baptized, but wants to come to the front. And I remember I went up to the front and I went to get baptized and I laid my life down. And I knew it was a very major decision. I was ready. I just, I wanted a new life. I wanted to change. Mm. I remember throughout my journey of sin, I was seeking, I would ask my parents, I would ask people around me, how do I change? How do I stop smoking? I'll be with my grandma asking her, how do I stop smoking? I don't know. And that moment, it was just like, I knew there was hope. I knew that God was going to set me free. Mm. And so I was ready for it. I was just ready to change. And so I laid my life down that day. It's a beautiful process that we go through after surrendering our life to Jesus. What did that look like for you? What did Jesus do? Um, how did he begin to transform your life after that surrender, surrendering moment? So when I came to Christ, I began seeking him with all my heart. And so every day I was seeking him in prayer and reading his word. And so God just began cleaning out my heart, little by little, stripping away sins, you know, set me free from my pornography addiction. I remember I was so addicted to pornography. I tell people all the time, it was like I would do it for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and sometimes snack. It was an everyday 
thing with pornography masturbation and God just stripped that off of me. He just began working in my heart. Like I, I had no desire for it. And I remember the same thing with weed. Uh, I wouldn't smoke because God was that peace that I needed. And so it wasn't a perfect journey. I fell into these sins and I struggled at first. I didn't know what this walk looked like, but that's what it was. God was just stripping me away little by little. And I remember when I first started my, my walk with Christ, I told him something in prayer one day to his face. I said, God, I am going to stop doing everything else, but I'm not going to stop having sex. And I was in a five-year relationship at that time. And I remember just falling into sin with her. And the conviction that fell upon me, I said, I remember just being, just weeping and crying in the presence of God saying, Lord, this does not feel good. It does not feel good. And from that moment, I was like, all right, Lord, I don't know how this looks. I don't know how this is going to happen. I've never done this. I remember in the past, I, I used to, I stopped speaking to females because they would want to wait for marriage. I was in a place of the unknown. I'd, I didn't know how to do it. And so I didn't know what that looked like, but I told God I was willing. I was willing if he would change me to stop. And so God began working in my life and I began um, walking in purity. And so I'm a living testimony that today I can stand here and testify that it's been a year um, of purity, of abstinence, of celibacy. And like, I have to share that because it's a message of hope for people who are struggling I remember I was, I never expected to have went this long. And I remember in the beginning of the journey, I told God, God, I'm going to walk in purity. I'm going to be celibate, but do not make me wait long. Do not make me wait a year. And it's been a year. <laughs> and so. So in your life before Jesus, you, you've mentioned that, you know, you were living this life, this almost even this rapper life with your friends, right? And um, with everybody around you, when when you begin to surrender your life to Jesus and he began to transform your life, um, how did that affect the people around you? What were the friends that were there before? Um, were, what were they saying about you now following Jesus? So I remember I came back from North Carolina and man, I was so passionate about what the Lord had done in my life. The peace that he gave me, the joy, the love, the purpose. And so, man, I would speak about Jesus to everybody, people in the gym, my friends, my family. And I lost some relationships because I was preaching the truth. I was very zealous at first. I lost relationships. I remember even my family members saying like, man, that's you. Like, you know, okay. Like we believe in God, but that's, that's you. And so it was very rough. But I remember um, praying to the Lord, like, God, please send like-minded friends in my life. Like, I need friends. I'm alone. I'm, I'm losing everybody that I love. I'm losing now because I'm seeking you 100%. And so I remember every weekend, I would get the same call from my friends saying, hey, my old friends saying, hey, what's up, bro? You want to chill? And I will have to make a decision like, wow, God, I'm waiting for like-minded friends. And then every weekend I get a call from my old friends. And so in the beginning of my journey it was rough. I will go hang out with them and I will fall into sin with them, but I will be preaching the gospel to them. And every time, there's times I wouldn't fall into sin. I would just preach the gospel and preach the gospel. And it reached a point where I said, all right, I need to completely cut these people off because they're making me fall into sin. Like they're leading me to sin. It's, it's tempting. And so I remember I told God, it was like the last time I said, God, this is my last time hanging out with them. After this, I'm done. 
And so I went to go hang out with my friends. And glory to God that one of my friends received the gospel. And he said, man, I always see you at peace. I want that peace that you have. And that day I said, man, you can receive God right now. You do not have to wait to, to, you don't have to do any religious practice. You can receive the Lord right now. And it was right there in that moment that we prayed and the Lord had encountered him. And from that day, me and him started walking with God together. And we lost a lot of relationships. It was my first friend in the Lord. We lost a lot of relationships, um, but I gained a brother in Christ. Mm -hmm. And so... That's what that journey looked like. Now, you mentioned earlier that um, your father was incarcerated. What is what is your relationship with your parents today in your life now with walking with Jesus? So glory to God that this year God has restored my family and my parents are now back together walking with the Lord. Um, but when I was in living my life of sin, when I was gambling and smoking, um, pursuing a boxing career, my parents had split. My dad left. He, he came home 15 years after he completed his 15 years and left. And man, my whole family just, all the sin in my family was exposed. We all just started living our life full of sin. And the sin got worse and worse. And so when I came to the Lord, I remember speaking to my family and they were all in their sin. And they're like, yeah, man, that's you. And so... I would preach to my father and preach to my mother and they were going through it. My mom was emotionally scarred. It was trauma that my dad left her. My dad was, you know, far from the Lord. And so I would speak to them. And three years later, after praying and things only got worse and worse, I could stand here today and testify that God has restored my parents and not just their relationship, but their salvation. Wow. Wow. Isaiah, who is Jesus to you? Jesus is my father. I remember growing up and I didn't have my father in my life and I would see everybody else with their father. I remember being in a basketball gym outside in the park training and everybody would have their father except for me. I'll be in the boxing gym and people will be training with their fathers and I would have my father. And so when I came to the Lord, Jesus showed me that I have a father in him. I have, he's my father. And I, I cry out to him when I need anything. He gives me what I need. I mean, he's my healer. He's my protector. He's my peace. He's my Lord. He's my friend. Um, he's my God. Jesus is, is everything that I needed. Everything that I needed. He has filled every void in my heart. Hmm. Now, Isaiah, for, for people right now, for young men who are looking at your testimony and uh, are in a place of hopelessness. What can you tell those young men who are watching your testimony right now? I would encourage you to seek the Lord with all your heart. You're seeking the things of this world with all your heart. You're seeking money and women and drugs and sex and the things of this world, careers, but it will never satisfy you would just, you would, you can do more and more and more of it and it'll please you for the moment, but it would never satisfy. Come to Jesus. That'll be my encouragement to you. Like, turn away from sin and turn to Jesus. He's far greater. Any last words for people who are watching your testimony right now? If there is anything that you get from my testimony, from my life, from my story, 
is that Jesus is the only way. He's the only way to true peace. He's the only way to true love. He's the only way to find your purpose. He is the only way to heaven. One day, I'm not going to be here. And my encouragement to you is that I want to see you in the next life. And Jesus is the only way there. I am going to spend eternity with the Lord God Almighty. I'm going to spend eternity with God. And I want you to spend eternity with God. And the only way to get there is through Jesus Christ and what he did on that cross.